Hello, and welcome back to another week of the European Tour Picks and Bets. I am back, Skylar Hoke here. I appreciated my guy Axis filling in last week for the lovely Scottish Open that we saw quite an event with Minwoo Lee, just a legend already with two wins under his belt. Uh, an epic approach on the uh, playoff hole. If you saw his tweet today, um, quite funny to Brandel uh, Chambly, but it was a fun week overall watching those guys from afar. Tom, how was the week for you? Yeah, it was good. I mean, so we really appreciate Axis uh, jumping in and, and we had a great time and we, you know, we picked out a couple of names. We, you know, he picked up Poulter, I picked up Lucas Herbert's go back to back and they're both one shot at the playoffs. So I think we were on the right lines there and, and pretty unlucky not to make that, that three-way playoff there. So, um, you know, it's really, really good. And it's been a tough week for us, uh, for us English, uh, getting over the, the bitter Euro final, which I'm sure we'll come on to uh, at some point later on in the programme. Um, but look, it's, it's golf again. Uh, it's the Open Championship um, just down the road from here, me here in Kent. So, uh, yeah, really excited to get going. And this, I mean, this week really, I think, is going to have a lot of variance in play as Lynx Golf does. You can hit a, a drive right down the middle of the fairway and somehow skirts into the fescue off a bad hop. You could get into a greenside bunker and knock it out till the next morning. Um, and, you know, there's just a lot of factors that come into play on Lynx Golf. And we've seen a little bit, of course, you know, the Irish was mad with it. The Scottish was a style to prepare, but this is a true Lynx golf course with you being so close, of course, and going to the tournament this weekend, really excited for you, Tom, um, you know, give us your take on Royal St. George. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's tough because it's been so long since we've been there. I mean, I was still quite young when uh, we, we were last there. I was I say quite young. I was 18, but it was, I was kind of still just getting into golf properly um, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's a real true linksy test. It's a course that is not overly long, so it's not massively demanding off the tee. I think you know you can take a lot of less than driver approaches in. Um, the, the rough is meant to be up this week. It's meant to be really tough. But as I say to you all the time, I think we hear that at every single major championship. You get a video of someone chucking a ball into the rough, it goes missing, and then that never happens for the whole week during the tournament because everyone stamps down from the fans. So, um, you know, I think there will be a an element of keeping it in the fairway, I think that will help. But I think really and truly it's a case of the weather. Um, it was looking really benign last week. It's now kind of warmed up as I'm looking out the window. We've had a lot of rain, um, so it's going to be soft. And I think for Thursday, at least, I think the scoring is going to be there. Um, I think some of the earlier guys can get out and really get it. And then I think there's going to be some sort of gusts at some point over the weekend. Um, and that's when we'll really see, you know, the, the true people come to the fore. I think for a lot of the, the, the link specialists, they're going to want to get through that weekend um you know keeping in touch with the lower scorers i think and then they're going to really come to the fore as it gets tougher because i think it's going to play not not easy but i think there's going to be kind of like five six under par over the first couple of days and then i think it's really going to be button down the hatches and keep on to the score over something we've only seen one golfer crack double digits here was greg norman back in 1993 um when he had 13 under and we have seen you know the rest of the winners I mean, I think what Clark was minus five, correct? Yeah. Uh, or, or no, Clark was, I think less, he had like a three stroke win, right? When we last saw him. Um, and then, you know, overall Ben Curtis with the victory prior to that, you know, we've just seen long shots, you know, actually come to, you know, victory at this course. The open championship is one where year in and year out, it feels like there is a guy or two in the places at worst, you know, that are staring us 
at triple digit odds. So I think there is a ton of opportunity from a outright perspective. And of course, we'll, we'll dip into DraftKings, this show being uh, taped on Tuesday. Now that the salaries have been out for a couple of days, ownerships kind of, you know, figured out a little bit. We have an idea of where we can really find some of our favorite euros at low owned cheap prices for the week. Um, if you guys are into the podcast uh, platforms for this, please feel free to look us up at Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets on all the different platforms. If you prefer the audio version, um, we would appreciate a subscribe to that and a rating if you're feeling extra nice for us. Um, so, yeah, I think the the changing forecast is going to play a factor, of course. You mentioned it has been wet in the lead yeah. up, potentially a little bit more greener than the crisp brown open that we're used to waking up to on Thursday mornings. But the, the gusts are coming out there, man. It's looking like there could be 30 mile an hour ones on Thursday. And again, you can't really know until you wake up uh, and watch the golf on Thursday morning what it's going to be. But there are some definite golfers that I think are primed for this test. And one of them is where you are starting uh, your betting card, I think, for the week. Yeah, and I think just just before we move on, Sal, I think back to your point of, of the long shots winning it. I think you've got, in terms of Ben Kirsch, she had someone that was playing his first major and open championship. And then you've got Darren Clark, who was a really wily veteran. So they're both long shots, but both had very different profiles. And then you look down the list of the guys. I mean, you had Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson in second place, world-class golfers. Thomas Bjorn was obviously a major contender for a long, long time. Very good golf on European tour. And then you kind of had a lot of surprising names. We had Chad Campbell there, Anthony Kim, as we know, is, is, is what he was. But Ricky Fowler was still coming to the fore at that point, played incredibly well in the rain uh, over the weekend. Uh, Raphael Jacqueline, Simon Dyson also in that top 10 as well. So you, you will get some names, as you said there. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, it's really so hard to predict. I mean, I'm literally 40 minutes down the road and and there's not going to be any wind here. It's going to be absolutely fine. And I'm going to get over there and I'm probably going to go in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and things are going to be absolutely fine and freeze my nuts off. So, <laughs> you know, it's going to be interesting to see. But yes, starting my card, I think it was really imperative to me to have someone that's got experience of toughing it out on links and the scoring as well. So I started with Tyrrell Hatton, um, you know, 33 and 35 to 1, I think he was. And even as low as 30, I'd be pretty happy as well because this is a guy, we've been mentioning him an awful lot recently, you know, he has just gone to another level. He's well, well class. And, and me and Axie spoke last week about who he likes out of Hassan and Fleetwood. He went for Hassan, I went for Fleetwood. And I was feeling pretty happy with that go through three rounds. You know, Fleetwood kept going there and then all of a sudden faded away. Um, but, you know, Hassan just did what he does. He shoots a 65, 66 in the final round, you know, makes his makes his climb up that leaderboard. Um, you know, and it's there was a concern over him at the major championships, you know, in recent times, because I think that he kind of put this self-imposed pressure on himself and a bit of pressure from the outside that he was this world-class golfer that won on the PJ Tour back at Bay Hill, and that kind of elevated his status. Everyone kind of wants to expect more from him, and he, he seemed to struggle with it. And then also he then made that, that cut and that run at the Masters, and he had the top 20 there, and then played okay uh, at the US Open as well. So, you know, that there was, there's been signs there now, and I think that if he's ever going to win a major championship, I wouldn't say ever going to win a major championship. If he's going to win a major championship, I think the Open's the best place for him. Um, you know, he's got these two top six finishes there already. Um, and, and one of those was at Royal Troon. And I really, really like Royal Troon as, as a link. You know, you look at Darren Clark, he was third and second there. Um, Phil Mickelson's been second at both these venues um, and third there as well. And, you know, I just I just like that comparison. I think BJ's played well at, at Royal Troon as well. So, there is certainly some ins to that. Sergio Garcia has played well at both golf courses, though. I think, although it's really hard to use that as kind of a, a predictive model because, 
you don't see Troon often enough to to kind of bring it up. I think you can just look at what what you required from both golf courses and kind of put something into there. And and for me, you see Hatton and he can go five or six under. He can go level par. He can he can really toughen out like he did Bay Hill in, in really strong you know strong conditions. Or he can go and shoot the the twenty under pars in the Dunhill Links where he's still playing the the tough golf courses but in soft conditions. And and I think he's the guy that if if the wind stays down Thursday Friday although it's, you know, it could gust on Thursday. If it stays calmer, I think he'll take advantage of that. And then he's the guy that can hold on, especially with the, the newfound temperament. Yes. No, I, I really like Hatton for the week. On DraftKings, too, incredibly affordable um, at $9,000 flat. Um, so overall, yeah, I think the, the tough angle I'm having to play is the experience factor versus the open championship finishes versus the eye test of, of spending and tracking and, and watching these golfers as much as we had, because I do think back to the open championship, the last time we saw it in, in the Lowry year, um, cause vividly remembering that Sunday is okay. Hatton was nowhere in the mix. Actually, he goes out, shoots low before those conditions really show up. And just like McIntyre did vaults himself to the top of the leaderboard. And we equivalent it to a phenomenal open championship performance. And perhaps, you know, you remember that moment, but you might forget about that in the 2017 Scottish open when that might've happened or when Aaron Rye beat Tommy Fleetwood out of the bad wave at the Scottish open last year to win in a playoff. Like you, you don't remember all of these instances. So equivalating everybody by a ranking system on links golf is, is hard to do. It's just more of a feel no, and, and kind of just spend time tracking these golfers for years and years to understand it. And with two wins at the Alfred Dunhill, I think, you know, you could obviously say that Hatton has a liking to links golf and, you know, of course has found himself in the mix, you know, quite often in his last few years and just is ready to take, take this leap. So I think 30 to one is very fair. $9,000. He's not going to be, you know, unowned. He'll probably have some popularity if not, you know, outside of speed, you know, in the nine case potentially could be the, the second most popular. Um, so, you know, I think as we go down, we'll find a little bit of difference, um, in some of the golfers, you know, I would, would find a little bit interesting here on your thoughts on, you know, neither of us, I think are on him from the outright perspective, but a very fair price. We mentioned the open championship in 2019 for Shane Lowry, who is coming back to defend his crown. You know, what are your thoughts on him for the week? Yeah, and just another point on, on the house before I move on, I kind of forgot to mention is it's not just his Dunhill links, you know, he's really, really well rounded Scottish Open, really good in the Irish Open at Royal Pants Down as well, it's a really pure links test. So he really can do that. Shane Larry, exactly the same. I mean, you look at it and, and you mentioned it, it's hard to to get a, a feel for it. Um and, and this is what the golfers talk about, right? They play links is a feel game, you know, all of it is feel. So I think it's feel for them. I think we've got to have a feel. I think there's no good us looking at strokes going tee to green, strokes going around the green, strokes going passing, and just focus on that. You need to see the guys that are playing the shots. It's like why we spoke over the weekend about the. It was really good for the Americans to have a run out and see what they could do over the weekend. I think sometimes I wonder about a Scottish Open whether not that people try not to win, but I think people try and play some shots that they wouldn't try and play in a you know stateside when they're trying to win because they're trying to learn how they can prepare for next week. And, and I think Shane Lowry, you know, he didn't play last week, played in Ireland instead. Um, he doesn't need that. You know, he's a guy that knows exactly how to play his golf courses. Doesn't matter if it's a golf course he's particularly fond of or it's one that he knows very well. He knows how to play links golf. He's one of the best. You know, he won as an amateur in the Irish Open. 
you know, he is just really, really well versed to this. We've spoken all year long about how impressive his form has been on the PGA Tour. I think if he'd have spent the season on the European Tour, he'd have won already. Um, you know, and it does it does feel like because he hasn't won since the Open Championship that you know there's something wrong. But I don't think there is. You know, we we forget how much of the time has gone between us. It's it's been two years, but it's not really been, has it? You know, we had all that time yeah. off, and he wouldn't play a hectic schedule. So. I think, yeah, for me, I would, I'd be really, really comfortable putting Shane Lowry in because I think you know what you're getting with him. I think that there's such a high floor to him. I think I don't, I don't know the the guys around that we've already spoken about. You know, until Hassan, I think we you know Jordan Spieth, people like that. I'm really happy with the with the ceiling. I think there's more win equity, uh, which is, sounds ridiculous as he's a defending champion. But I think uh, I think the stars were aligned for him that week. I think you know playing in Ireland, playing in front of the home crowd, he's someone that fries. So I'm really proud. Um, I, I think he'll go really, really well, but I'm not sure it'd be a winning week for him. Yeah, very fair. And again, at 7,900, you might not need that. You know, you, you definitely don't need that victory to pay off your salary. Yeah. But I think it's time, you know, to really start digging into the, the next layers of golfers that we are intrigued on that you're going to find in the low sevens or six K's on DraftKings that are approaching triple digits when it comes to the outright market. And one that I'm incredibly keen on um, and had just an excellent Sunday and, and truthfully, you know, should have almost been in that playoff if it wasn't for a missed six footer on 17. But Ian Poulter is just somebody that I, I can't help but find myself playing and betting on this week. You know, overseas, I think you guys like call it, you know, the, the sea of blue that comes on odds checker when golfers are just plummeting their odds. And unfortunately, you know, that does happen often with golfers that play the week before and show a spike, whether that was Scotty Scheffler on Friday or, you know, Lucas Herbert, when he got back into the mix on Sunday, we'll talk about shortly and Poulter as well. You know, we did see those outright numbers crash down still is available in the eighties, um, you know, in, in the States here for him on the outright market, which I'm okay with, but his price is $7,200, you know, is something that I'm incredibly interested on. And he has a, a mixed bag, you know, I guess from what you'd anticipate of open championship history, you know, out of his last you know, seven or eight performances, five of them are missed cuts when the other three, he's finding himself right there inside the top 15. So again, do you prefer somebody to have T40s across the board or upside like Shane Lowry did with missed cuts mixed around, or does it really not matter all that much when you see the form of what Ian Poulter has brought in? And I think the, you know, third place that he had, what, five starts ago. I think that would have been the Paul medal. Um, I believe the last time we saw Poulter inside the top 10 before last week, um, he's just saw himself, you know, with a good, Oh, it's a Charles Schwab. Then he goes 25th, Paul medal, 40th U S open 36th, the travelers championship, just a run of middling form, but following him on Instagram, he's a very open and just talks through his game a lot. And he has been incredibly confident. It feels like from what he's been going through. Um, and he might have a chip on the shoulder after you mentioned about that soccer match. Um, on Sunday, because he, he couldn't get to because yeah. the plane kept circling. He said he got there after you to wait for a playoff. Uh, once somebody posted minus 18, but um, I do really like Polder's game and just that grittiness of what he has to grind out pars in the wind. Um, I, I just think there's a lot there to like. What I find really funny about Polter, and that's a really good segue into that, is that he is a guy that really enjoys the finer things in life, is what I say about him whenever I speak about him. You know, we just talked about the real, you know, first world problems that he's had to fly from Scotland 
to England in the hope that he can make it to Wembley for his £11,000 ticket that he bought for the football. And he just about managed to scrape in for halfway through the second half and was really happy to be there. You know, if I'd paid £11,000 for a football ticket, I'd be there three hours early and three hours afterwards. And I'd want the, I'd want the footballers to give me a guided tour around the pitch. So, you know, he, he he's just that guy. And you don't expect him, as with that kind of mentality, to be such a grinder, right? But he is, you know, he... The way you know, I've read his book, I've, I've watched a lot of documentaries on him as a big Ryder Cup player. He's he's such a worker, you know. He didn't make, he wasn't sort of, he wasn't always destined to be a professional golfer. He had to work at it. He was a club pro, works his way in, and then he just bang straight into the internal pressure. Just that inner confidence. He he loves the Ryder Cup because he was such a football fan. He loves the team aspect, but individually, he's had a really really underrated career. And I think because he's split his time, he's obviously. Um, not maybe one as much as he probably should have done, but he's had really good major championship finishes. You know, he's had top three finishes in this tournament. The the worry for me is that he's been here before and not played well, but like you say, that's a variable, right? And and it's really, really hard to quantify. We like to look at course form, and, and there's a guy that I'm going to come on to next who has, has played well here twice, but it's so long ago. Like, it was a decade ago before the last one. And then it was another seven years prior to that, or eight years prior to that, that we saw them again. So I think that we can forgive him for for having a bad round there in 2011 or 2003 or whatever, and just focus on the now. And he's playing incredibly good golf. You know, we talk about he had that third place finish at Colonial. He's been fourth last week, and we look at the 25th, 40th, 30th. It was a bit average, but they're at, they're at, you know Palmetto maybe not so much, but Travelers is a, is a decent field. 40th at the US Open is you know Tory Pines does not suit Ian Poulter. It's not his game. Um, so a 40th place finish in his context is probably like a top 20, top 15 for another guy that's suited to that. So he's now going to come to somewhere where his skill set really comes to the fore. And we, we talked about stats earlier and everyone was sort of saying about how important scrambling is going to be this week because you're going to have to get up and down. But when you look at the statistics, and this is where it gets kind of quite deadly, I look back and, and none of them had really played very well in terms of scrambling um, at the top of the market. They don't, they'd all putted very well at, at the top of the leaderboard, but none of them scrambled well as a statistic. So I, it's it's kind of those words that you put out, and, and I think I think we spoke about it, that it's more the 100 yards and in rather than the around the greens and chipping on. It's who can chip out from the rough and, and get up and down from 100 yards. And I think he's great at that. Yes. And his putter has been lights out. I know it's, you know, difficult to trust somebody who is riding, you know, one of the hottest putters in the world right now, but we've also seen Louis Oosthuizen ride that to back-to-back incredible major performances. And it's something that you are going to need for the week. So I'm not shying away from somebody because the putter has been, you know, the back of their game, you know, the last few weeks and almost got him into a playoff and, and steal that event last week after being quite a way out of it. So the next golfer I think we got to talk about is somebody that, you know, my jaw kind of hit the floor a little bit, Tom, when you let me know that you were on this guy um, because majors has not, you know, been his liking since putting on the green jacket, um, you know, a few years back, but tell everybody why you're on Sergio Garcia for the week. So when I messaged you and I said, I'm ready for Sergio Garcia to break my heart again. And you said, Oh no, that kind of <laughs> sums up the conversation. Right. Um, but that, Side 19th finish at US Open was everything for me. Um, okay, yes, you know, it's, a, it's particularly, it's a fairly easy setup for him, maybe it does suit his game. Um, but he had the tied 20th finish at Charles Schwab, which actually should be better because he was, I think he was third after 50 holes, 54 holes. He could have contended for the victory and, and had a bad final round. 17th at the BMW International Open, which seems to be good preparation for a lot of these Open Championship winners and contenders, played a lot of BMW International Open in the past. 
But this is a guy that he was, we talked about him at the start of the show when we first started doing this. I said to wait for him to, to go to a bigger price and he went to whatever it was, 50, 60s for the, for the or 90, they might have been for the Players' Championship at the time, finished tied ninth. He was leader there after round one. And, you know, he didn't kick on from that, but it was just an incredible display of, of ball striking. Um, when you think of Sergio Garcia, or at least when, you know, back in the past, it was always that he was going to break through at the Open Championship, he was going to win the Open Championship. That's his tournament. He's got that Spanish feel. He's got that linksy feel. He absolutely loves it. And he never did. And he goes and wins the Masters, which he really wouldn't have put him towards. Um, but I do think he can go and do this again. I do. I, and, it, and if it doesn't happen this year, then, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to completely write him off because we've just seen Phil Mickelson win a major at 51 years of age. But you do start to wonder because there's there's only the clock is ticking. And I think the, the longer we go on, the less likely it is that we're going to get these older winners. I think that what Phil Mixon did to five times. You saw in how amazed people were when Tom Watson had that chance before Stuart Sink. Um, but it doesn't actually really happen in eventuality. Jack Nicholas has done it, Tom Watson's done it, and and Phil Mickelson has done it. You know, they're <laughs> they're not the guys that just run of the mill guys that would do it. So I think his his window is closing. He's got the Ryder Cup to play for. I know that that's everyone's just saying, well, they should be motivated to get into it anyway, but this is his last real good chance of doing that. He could have a good FedEx Cup run, of course, but for me, gets in there, shows Podrick Aronson what he can do um, right under the clutch. And, you know, two top tens at this golf course, whether that counts so much, I don't know. As I said to you before, I really like Troon. That's where he went on his famous run to, to really get close here um, as well. So, look, Link's expert, uh, in good form in three straight top 20s. And, yeah, I really like him. Yeah, and I think that's the first golfer we've mentioned so far, you know, not that, you know, is under the radar in the sense that I've seen a couple of people tip him. I know yourself and, you know, Ben Coley is on him as well. But in the DraftKings perspective, Sergio is probably not likely to be a popular play this week. So does provide a unique way that you can build your lineups because he's priced up enough $7,600 that others are going to go to Daniel Berger, for instance, you know, uh, who's just below him. Shane Lowry, like we mentioned above him, you know. Fitzpatrick even, you know, up there. So Sergio will fly under the radar um, on DraftKings this week. So I like going there. Um, you know, in my opinion, I'm going to go down and I, I mentioned, you know, the sea of blue happening. I, I'd be wrong not to talk about Lucas Herbert and what yeah. it has been, you know, an incredible last four events for him. And, you know, that comes almost five events because I believe at the PGA Championship, he he put one round um, that was almost the, the round of the day, I think on that Friday. Um, but Lucas Lucas Herbert, you know, fourth last week at the Scottish Open. He went and won, of course, the Irish Open the week prior to that. And coming into that form and why we liked him so much that week was he had back-to-back top 20s on the PGA Tour at the Travelers and the Memorial. So two events that aren't, you know, gimmies by any means um, that we see him really, you know, in the mix for, for instance, really being, you know, under the radar, not when you talking about him enough of an outright number to cash that week at the Irish, that was pretty, um, you know, impressive. So I uh, was really happy with that. And of course, you know, you, you see him when he's making a run on Saturday, I think I bet him at like initially like 200 to one, and then it's down to 150. 125 and then you know you see him as low as like 66 at yeah. some books already which is you know that's a different ball game to bet but even monday morning he was still available as long as 125 i'm still seeing him at 100 triple digits you know i'm not going to put somebody off the card just because that and i feel so you know confident in his game right now again led by the short game but he got up and down from 
everywhere at that Irish open, like literally middle of the woods, you know, 200 yards has to hack it out. And he makes the 18 footer for par. And he does it like three or four times in a stretch of holes that, you know, allowed him, of course he wins by three, but say he drops a shot here and there, you know, that's a different, you know, stretch when you're chasing somebody instead of holding that leader being tied um, with him, you know, with others, you know, down the stretch. So I think Herbert's game, you know, is just truly impressive. Um, and then, you know, we mentioned that really good round. Yeah, it was, yeah, nothing that impressive, but, uh, you know, he fought to make the cut of the PGA championship, you know, open history isn't really there, but again, Irish open in a sense, you know, does get a little bit of link Scottish with that back-to-back strong performances. And those two, I think are really good indicators for another big week. And on DraftKings, he is very uh, cheap, $6,800 for the week. I still don't think he's going to crack, you know, more than 10% owned, probably in that five to 8% range. So I, I love going back to the well with Lucas Herbert. Uh, and like you say that there is, uh, it wasn't why I was so keen on him again last week is that, you know, you put him up at 33 to one, which was great in that field because the field strength wasn't what it was for the Scottish Open. But for me, he won the Irish Open so impressively, even when he did what he came back and still won by three, goes into the next week and he's 55 and 50 to one. You think, okay, well, you really do believe that he can't win two weeks in a row. And I'm sitting there thinking, I know he could. Like, you know, he he's held form before in the past. He played well at British Masters. He's played well at the Irish Open the year before. He played well at the Dunhill Links. So all of a sudden now, you've got a real, real bank of form that suggests he can play well in this event. Um, he hasn't yet so far. He hasn't played well in major championships as a rule so far. Um, all you guys play well in the Open Championship, you know, as a rule. Um, and like you say, both with Herbert and Sergio Garcia, despite the fact he's $1,000 more on DraftKings, neither of them need to be used in their price point. So it's because the pricing so soft. You know, Lucas Herbert, 6800 not needed. Sergio Garcia, 6800 not needed. People are going to Timmy Fleetwood. People are going to Matthew Fitzpatrick. People might try and save the money, go down to Polter, go down to Kokrak. Um, you know, people like that, Bobby McIntyre is going to be really, really popular. So... There's, there's so many different players that you can go around that those guys are probably going to get overlooked. And Lucas Herbert's a guy that can sit there at 6,800. We know he's got the winning upside. Maybe not in a mode championship. Maybe he's top 10, but that's going to pay off, you know, really, really well. So for me, I really like Lucas Herbert. The number, like you say, in terms of betting is getting to the point where it's a no for me. That's why I didn't mention him when we spoke yesterday on the podcast, because I just felt like I was riding my luck. You'd put him up to win. I'd put him up and he'd finish fourth. And all of a sudden you think, can he do it? And as we've seen with one of your favourites, you can do it, you can ride hot form. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because this is the next step for Lucas Herbert now. He's proven he's a European Tour winner. He's proven that he can contend on the PGA Tour, or at least get in the mix. Um, now he's got to go and get to these major championship fields and perform. Yep, 100%. And, you know, again, short game driven recently, but we've seen all encompassing of, of his game really, you know, come when the test mattered. So excited for him to really feel uh, out when his best form of really his life has been heading into a major championship. So um, there's another golfer in the seven K's uh, actually, I guess we have a couple more, but I'll let you go into a golfer who, you know, arguably has shown more form at birdie fests recently. Um, but, you know, Alex Noren is somebody who, 
I loved backing in open championships, the gritty test, the blisters on your hand from, you know, the rain, just pounding it to death at Wentworth and coming out on Sunday to, you know, take it away from everybody. And now it's like the John Deere, like, you know, puts everything that he can, you know, birdie, 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 or the rocket mortgage, you know, when he, when he's doing it at like that type of test, you know, it's a different ball game, but you know, what are your thoughts on, on him overall um, for this week? I mean, he is just a certified link specialist, right? I mean, he's got like four or five top 20s in this event alone. He's won, won a Scottish Open. He's won the Celtic Manor. Um, you know, Birkdale was a very, very popular spot for him. Play well, saw him do that live there. Um, you know, he is, like you say, he's sort of leaning towards the birdie fest. He does go low, but I think he can, he's another player that I like that can do both. He, he can he can really grit it out. He can, if the weather comes, that's fine. He'll get on with that. Um a little bit suspect of the Rocket Mortgage when he got in contention in the sense that that last part on the final hole uh, slightly disappointed, but I thought it was really revealing how he was in his interview that kind of said, look, it's been a long time. It's, it's been a little while since I was like that. And and he's done that in his career, right? He's disappeared for periods of time. And and when he goes and does what he did at Wentworth, it kind of takes you by surprise. But a bit like Martin Keimer, but, you know, similar sort of thing that they've they've been to the, the upper echelons. I mean, Martin Keimer is slightly different because he's won majors and been world number one. But... It, they do. They just have similar profiles of going away. But Scottish Open winner, British Masters winner, the buy is obviously somewhere he's played well and, and gets kind of focused on as a, a links apparent. Celtic Manor, he won in 2011, the third at Dunhill Links in 2012, Open Championship in 2017 was sixth. You know, he really just loved it kind of thing. Even on the PGA Tour, the Honda Classic, bit of win there, tied third. So for me, just Everything about Alex Noren's game is perfect for this. I think it was at 7,200, I think he is on DraftKings, somewhere around there. Um, we, we've just spoken about the Polster, Alex Noren. All, all that kind of area, there's that 7,200 and 7,300 is for sport for choice, right? I know, you know we're talking about the European Tour perspective, but you've got Ricky Fowler, Harris English there. And then you've got the guys that we're sort of used to talking about, Thomas Dietrich, Matt Wallace. Um, Minwoo Lee is obviously won last week. Danny Willett, who's going to have his backers because of you know the profile that he's got. Burn Beesberger, seventy one hundred, oh, and your guy in a minute that we'll come on to. All around the seven thousand one hundred uh, dollar mark. It, it's kind of it's kind of who, right? You, you've got a one of these guys is going to make a run. One of these guys is going to be top ten, and you've really got to just nail your your pick to the wall and just and just run with it. You know, you've got Poulter in your selections. You're going to have the guy you're going to pick up in a minute. I've spoken with Noren. There's going to be someone that's going to make that run. It's going to happen. We've seen it in leaderboards every single Open Championship, and he's just one of those guys that can do it. And what I found pretty interesting, too, and it's, you know, doing research, I think it was on the last, like, seven or eight Open Championships, and who has done, like, the best on their debut? Because it's not often you see golfers for their first time playing the Open Championship. Of course, um, you know, it has happened. You know, Curtis, we talked about earlier, you know, like, but getting into the top 10, just say. So McIntyre was somebody who did it in 2019. Okay, Scottish, you know, we have Eurotor grinder makes sense. I don't think there was anybody in 2018, another golfer who did it on debut. If you remember how Tong Lee was uh, another one who I think it was 17, you know, incredible rounds that he put together, but another European tour player at the time, it wasn't his debut, but beef was another golfer. I think he had like a, a debut, like four or five years prior where he missed the cut really young. And then he comes, I think he finishes sixth. The next time we see him at the open championship, Matthew Southgate comes to mind a 12th and a sixth place finish, you know, in his, uh, you know, open championships, just 
golfers that I, I think if you're going to pick in this range that can be under owned and potentially, you know, just a little bit too cheap, and we know how good they are on the European tour. Those are the ones that have shown up on the leaderboards and could literally win you a million dollars this week on DraftKings because people aren't playing them. And I think it's the opportunity to get different in this range where others might pile on the Americans or the PGA tour golfers that they are more comfortable with. And with that, I think, go ahead, go ahead. And that's the thing, isn't it? Is that like you say, because there's these guys that because the pricing is the way that it is, you don't need to search around this range. Whereas we are show fundamentally is about bringing those guys that you should be looking for at this range. You don't need to do that this week. You can go and fill out your guy and, and make a minimum of eight eight thousand dollars and have a really strong lineup, and and you don't have to stretch past PJ Tour. And, and don't get me wrong, Americans are really, really good at the Open Championship. They're over, they're underrated considering how good they are. They've dominated it for a long, long time, conversely uh, to what people think. But like you said, this decision here, this range is where you could win a million dollars. And Alex Noren is, is not, he's not the guy that you know people don't know about. We're going to go down to those kind of people in, in a bit. But like you say, 19th on debut, 9th in 2012, 6th in 2017. 17th 2018 and then you know another 11th place finish in 2019 so it's just it's really really steady if you want a guy that's going to get you through the cut and play it you would suggest that that's going to be the guy yep and and for me the one that i'm really going to tend up you know going end up with uh, a good amount is burned weisberger i mean we have seen a stretch yeah. of golf out of him you know 26 last week which was you know middling for what i really had you know if i my one pick for last week he would have been the guy um but you know he comes after that being fifth the week or two weeks prior missed cut at the uh us open which Arguably, you know, from an irons perspective, we saw just a strong performance out of him, you know, gaining almost, you know, I believe it was just about four strokes in two rounds where he missed the cut on the number. Um, and then before that, you know, he was 40th at the Porsche. And, you know, the week before he had won at the Maiden Himmerlin and every single one of those weeks, we've now seen five consecutive where his irons have been very strong. And, and that's just not something that, you know, we have seen out of burned, you know, arguably since we saw a good amount of stretch of golf for him, you know, in the four five, six years ago, you know, back when he won the Maiden Denmark, you know, he had really good irons that week, but before that wasn't all that consistent. I mean, he went on a stretch where he won the Scottish, of course, and then finished 32nd, which was his best finish at the Open Championship uh, in 19. So his flashes have been there, but the consistency is he's now put together. And what I think of when I think of Byrne, you know, we mentioned this on the, the you know, Lost for Words yesterday, is just that pesky guy in the leaderboard who, you know, hits it into the fescue and it's like, okay, this is a, this is a bogey, maybe double. And somehow he makes a 16 footer for par. And, you know, he, he's just there time after time. Again, he, I can vividly remember rooting against him because Guido was chasing him, um, you know, not too long ago. And he puts it in the water on a par three. It's like, okay, double. Here we go. We're ready to rock. He sticks the third, you know, to three feet, walks away with a bogey. And it wasn't like he even lost any sort of momentum after he birdies like two holes later. You know, that's the kind of guy burned is. And I think that game can continue to play well. Of course, um, he's going to be low owned right there with Alex Noren, you know, both of them 7,200 for Noren, 7,100 for burned, you know, maybe people are put off by that open championship history. I just love that form he's coming into. So I think he's a very strong play this week. And, and the thing is, as well, I was kind of put off a little bit by his Open Championship, you know, um, history. Just 
and, and it's really easily done. And when you look, you know, I always remember Bernd Wiesberg as this guy that's made runs at major championships and and probably overrate what he's done at majors. And when you look at it, he hasn't, you know, he's only had kind of like the, the one top 20 finish. He's had a size 16 finish at the US Open 2017. But when you look at the, the bank of form that he's got on the European tour, I mean, he won uh, the Open de France, which is the golf national, which is not a links test, but it's something that everyone really talks about, really, really tough golf course. And yes, he went under a 13 on the par, so it was different kind of um, conditions, but tough golf course. Wind has got to show open again, really easy um, conditions there at Renaissance. But Johnny Walker Championship lost in the playoff to Thomas Bjorn. Uh, Dubai Duty Free Irish Open, he lost to Torren Kiel since 2015. So he's he's been there, he's been about. And as you've spoken about, he's a guy that doesn't go away. Well, when you look, he's, he's missed two cuts at the Open Championship, T64, T68, T74, T32. So nothing to shout about, but... Guy that's going to get you through the weekend, and, and I guarantee on none of those open starts is he hitting the ball the way he is. And and this is a thing that that we don't look at. Is I kind of look at it and go, okay, well, he's never really excelled. He might make the cut and finish kind of fortieth, but his irons are so dialed that you know this could just be the complete difference. And he might come out on Sunday and go, look, I absolutely love links golf. This, you know, I felt really confident winning the Open Championship because this is the major that I can win. And everyone would go, well, that's not what your form said, but. <laughs> But he's got the he's got the bank of form. He's played at the events that he's played at, and his irons are just he can compete anywhere in the world right now. The way he's hitting the ball, completely agree. So excited for him, and of course, before we go into the six Ks, the time is now where we talk about Guido Migliazzi. Seventy one hundred dollars. We see him, you know, one hundred and fifty ish, one hundred seventy five, two hundreds. If you're lucky, extended places overseas. You know, the the special moment last time at the U.S. Open with him, you know, being that T4 finish, just climbing the leaderboard after everybody else was bogeying that backstretch of golf. You know, it was a fun time for Guido. Rolls it over, of course, at the Travelers, or at, yeah, Travelers for the T13 finish, where he was just ho-humming along, you know, nothing crazy special. You know, people thought maybe miscut, weren't too excited about what he had, and he just puts it together. You know, again, back against the wall on Friday, you know, playing with Harrington, you know, a big opportunity for him to get his eyes on him and, and, you know, play and get to know him maybe a little bit better for the Ryder Cup opportunity. Comes out, you know, back against the wall, makes a cut, five under, plays the weekend, okay. Nothing great and walks away, you know, from the Scottish Open with, an average finish, but a perfect kind of tune up, get back to European tour. Let's get after at the open championship. His short game is so good right now. It's so good, you know, and it was what we worried the most about him forever. So we see him chipping in from everywhere, obviously, you know, on the coverage, but again, he's just been doing that for arguably, you know, an extended period of time. Now, this is the most consistent golf we have seen out of Guido Migliazzi in his entire playing career, you know, and it's on the big stages. He's not afraid to be there. He's shown, you know, minimal life and links experience because he hasn't had all that much. A good round at the old course is pretty much, you know, all we can really hang our hat on um but i just love what we've seen out of him and of course you guys all know at this point you know we're almost to the end you know of, of major season of course but you know the european tour race to dubai where he's you know cracking the top 10 you know this is the the big stretch of golf we have coming up for him and he's clicking on all cylinders continue to go back to the well let him be under owned again on DraftKings. let him bask in the italian glory from this past week and you know let's lock and load him at seventy one hundred dollars again. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's got one up on the uh, Richard Bland got the beating of him, didn't he, at the British Masters, and I think he paid him back with a nice golf ball and an Italian flag in it this week. So, um, look, 
he we spoke about it before I, I, and i don't know quite how every single week you put him up and i don't seem to do it i don't seem to jump on with you and it's never because i disagree it just simply is i kind of have other people around the thing and i said to you before we got quite poetic about him at the us open we before he started you went for him and i said to you that when you're not, you're not just going for him because he's your favorite golfer which he clearly is but he he had a chance to really change the the shape of his career, didn't he? And he's got that chance again now. I mean, he's in the what is he world number seventy three now. Um, if he has another big performance here, he's going to be trying to crack the top fifty because, like you say, he's got that race to the bias to worry about. Gets himself into the WGC before the year's end. Um, you know that's going to be really really important to him. So has he got enough links experience for us to hang our hats on? No, um, but he's got that British Masters runner up finished. Who are our next person that we're going to talk about? And uh, the US Open is a, is a tough test of golf, regardless of where it's held. Qatar Masters, obviously, it gets quite wind-affected, T2 there. Um, you know, so th there's enough to go on based on what he has already done to suggest he can do it. Um, we shall see. We shall see what Guido does. Um, I imagine that he will at least make a run of it over the weekend. Yes. Cannot wait for another opportunity for him in a major championship. Again, you're exactly right. Career changing opportunities lie ahead from him because the WGC is guaranteed points on the PGA tour. And he's not all that far away from a, you know, a potential, you know, special temporary membership, gets him a couple more starts. That's a tour card. And, you know, it's, it's crazy times ahead for Guido. So excited for that. Now we've, we've talked extensively about our picks. I, I, we have one more left that we are both on and we'll start it off in the six Ks. And again, it is, the golfer who beat Guido and ripped our heart out or well, mine specifically, you know, he did mend a lot of tears across the golf world. You know, we loved what he did, but Richard Bland is just like transforming his, his golf form, you know, unbelievable stretch since his victory at the British masters. So I know you like him uh, first round leader. Cause he is literally yeah. hitting the opening tee shot uh, at the open championship, which is really cool. They set that up for him, but you know, the form he is in to be priced at $6,800. I, I think that's very fair. So sell us on why you like land as well. Look, so, so for me, the reason I took the first round leader angle as opposed to the outright is that eventually this is going to come to an end. And, and the reason I say that is not because, you know, this had happened 10 years ago, then maybe he's, he's got the rest of his 40s to really perform. He's he's already 48 years of age, so I don't think he's quite a filmic or something going to be winning majors at 50 years of age, but he's only got to keep, from my perspective, he's only got to keep it rolling for one more round, one more magic round, and he's got that 6.35 a.m. tea time local. Um, he's going to be going off with Andy Sullivan and Marcus Armitage. Really comfortable pairing for him. He's played a lot with both of those guys, gets on really well with them. And his scoring average uh, over the last three months in the European Tour, eight rounds, 68.63. So you know, he's getting really fast starts. I think he'd, uh, he was a 64 on day one Grand Canary. He was one back in T2 there. Um, he shot a 68 that first round at the Pritchard Masters, which he, you know, he eventually won. And he saw him at third at the, after the first day. Um, and then again, in Denmark against Bernd Wiesberger, he, he shot a 66 to share the first round lead with Bernd, who had obviously gone on to win it. And, and I think you can do it again. You cast your mind back. Many people won't really think about it because I didn't think about it. 2017 Open Championship, he was T22 there. Uh, and he was within two of the lead after the first round there as well and stayed in that place, that same position, T6 uh, after 36 holes. As we saw at the US Open, he can hang around. So do I think he can do it for four rounds? Probably not. But I appreciate the out, outright value on him and, and why you're going to go on to that in a minute. 
But for me, like all I just want him to do is just go and have a fast start on Thursday, really see his name up on that yellow leaderboard, um, you know, just for Thursday afternoon. I think that, you know, that would be enough for him. Um, but the other thing I would say to that is he is a complete different golfer to the guy that we introduced at the start of this series where we were saying the Richard Bland's of this world are the people we need to tell you about. No one needs to tell you anymore. He had that coverage at the US Open. Everyone's going to be looking out for him. I do wonder, I don't know what you think about his ownership. I don't know if he is going to be popular because there's been that kind of coverage on him. I don't think, again, like we've said about all the other guys, it doesn't need to be used, so probably not. Um, so I think he's he's a likely play that opens up a lot of salary for you. And like you say, he's, he's a big price to go out right. Yeah, he, he still won't be owned. He'll probably yeah. be in the two, three percent, you know, more than he was at the at the US Open, of course, but you know, definitely nothing to to really, you know, separate him. I think I, I really again 250 to one top 10. You know, I'm going to be on it still because I, I like taking the risk, you know, still set up with the form that we have, but I want us to go through continuing on through the golfers here. So if you guys watch the European tour, you know, prank video over the weekend, which are always the best, there was a setup with Billy Horschel talking on one word response in or out. And Tom, I already know you're a man of few words. You know, you have a nice response always to us. So I'm going to name off a couple golfers here and I want you one word in or out, you know, willing to play them on DraftKings yeah. as we go down through here. Okay. So, and we're sticking only to European tour guys. I'm not going to say everybody, but ones and, and that only I've, to in and out, right? I can't say anything else. You, yeah, you can either say I'm in, and you, if you say in, you're in on DraftKings. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, if we keep going down from the top, um, $6,800, Aaron Rye. Out. Okay. I, I think he's decent. That's too many words. Um, okay. <laughs> Jack Senior. Out. Let's go, John Catlin. Out. Justin Harding, 6,500. In. Okay. Takumi Kanaya, 6,500. In. Jazz Janawatanan, 6,500. In. Ooh, I didn't expect that. I just want to say yeah. the name. Um, <laughs> Antoine, Antoine Rosner, 6,400. In relaxing. I'm in. I, I, I think yeah. I think he could be somebody you could play at sixty four hundred dollars. The bullet, sixty four hundred dollars. Marcus Out. Armitage. Out. Okay. Could be watching Richard Bland. <laughs> um, Daniel Van Tonder, sixty four hundred dollars. Out. Yeah, me too. Sad because his T to green game and off the tee is still really good, but. Um, Let's keep going. And, and we mentioned these because there's extreme popular Sam Burns at $6,300. You know, he's going to flock to a lot of ownership. So I think there needs to be opportunities that we talk to, um, you know, around that. Uh, Rikua Hishano or Hishino. Don't know a lot about him, but I've got a good profile at the moment. I'd go out because there's another guy for third. Johannes Veerman. $6,600. Yes, he's the one, Absolutely I think, right there. Absolutely, 100% in. And I, I will use my allotted words now. Um, Johannes Veerman has um, really performed well over the last couple of weeks. And then when you look at Warehouse, he's done that. It really builds for his Open Championship profile. So he was eighth last week at the Scottish Open, third at the Irish Open. Many people will look at that and just go, he's kind of caught, you know, lightning in the bottle maybe. And we were talking about Veerman an awful lot. You, you've backed him a couple of times because of his strong ball striking. It's not worked out because of his short game at times. 
14th place at the Qatar Masters. Where do we always talk about outside of, you know, in the Middle East? Windy, Qatar Masters. Do you then go back to last year? Um, he was a Cypress showdown. He finished fourth. He had a chance to win. Again, it was quite open there. Tenth at the Andalusia Masters at uh, Valderrama. Tough golf course again. 17th at the British Masters last year. So when you, there really is a trend of where he performs best. It seems to be on tough layouts, windy layouts, or British layouts. 52nd at the Alfred Dunhill. Not a great result, but again, that was two years ago. Much improved golfer. So I think he's got a taste of this type of golf. He's obviously hitting the ball well. He's had those two good runs. I think he's a guy that can just sneak through in that kind of top 15, top 20. Everyone goes, who is that? Oh, that's weird. He's got an American flag by his name. I thought he was Dutch. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought before I actually saw the American flag next to him, before I saw him talk, he was Dutch. I think he must have some sort of Dutch history because Johannes and Veerman is definitely not very American, but he is American. He's educated over there. Um, but yeah, I think you know, $6,100. He's going to be a guy that, again, we've, we've spoken all show about the fact you don't need to go down here. So, okay, maybe, maybe you don't. But if you do and you know you really want to play some of those top guys, he's going to be the guy. And we didn't mention Jason Scribner as well, who's been in you know, fantastic form, Australian, uh, great guy to, to possibly having those teams as well. Yep. So Scribner would have been the next one, I think, in on him. And then Dean Burmeister is $6,100 as well. I think he is in play this week too. But... We've hit our end here, Tom. Can you review your card for the week? Yep. Yeah, so Cyril Hassan for me at 30s, whatever it is that you can get on him. Sergio Garcia at 50s and 80s and uh, 70s and whatever you can get on him. Alex Noren, I think, was 90s, 80s, something like that as well. Um, and then I like Richard Bland for first round leader. I think they can, the magic can last for another 18 holes. All right, I'm on Ian Poulter, 80 to 1, Lucas Herbert, 100 to 1, Bern Wiesberger, 150, Guido Migliazzi at 160 to 1, and then I'm expecting Richard Bland, all 72 holes to stick onto it <laughs> for 250 to 1. Have a lovely open championship, everybody. For you know, you guys on the state side, enjoy waking up at 1:30 in the morning to coverage all through the evening. If if the baby wakes up in the morning, you know, it's not as bad this time around when you can flick on the golf <laughs> and enjoy it. If you're somebody is just anxious and excited if you're a night owl if you're a morning person there this is the best golf that you just get to enjoy so tom i hope you have an amazing experience saturday and sunday and please just give guido a hug if you can for me i will do yeah if i said to you before if i touch him i will wash my hands and we'll meet up in a couple of years time can't wait all right good luck everybody safe but there we go (laughs) yes thank you everybody good luck